pastures feed us, for our use thy foes prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast brought us thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast brought us thine we are. We are thine, do not befriend us, be the guardian of our way. Keep thy flock from sin, defend us, seek us when we go astray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, O oh, hear us when we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, O oh, hear us when we pray. Early let us seek thy favor, early let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our bosoms fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Isn't it great that Jesus always loves us? You know, I, when I sing songs, and I, and I love the hymnal, I love the songs in the hymnal, and uh, <clears throat> these writers, of course, are very talented people, and I believe that God gives them the words to write on these, to write these songs down because of something that's gone on in their life. Uh, but can I tell you, Thou hast loved us, love us still. He will always love us. That's why He came and He died on the cross, is because He loved us, and um, and we'll speak about that here in just a minute. Page three hundred and seventy-seven. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high His royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, His army shall He lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. Forth to the mighty conflict, in this His glorious day. Ye that are men now serve Him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the victor's song. 
to him that overcometh a crown of life shall be he with the king of glory shall reign eternally all right one more page 438 <clears throat> i always like this song footprints of jesus i remember as a a 13, 14, 15-year-old boy. Uh, they used to have a... Second used to have a radio broadcast years ago. And uh, Brother Casey used to be on KJCF at the time. Now it's KJFF. And uh, he would always come and snatch me at the at a time that I was least expecting it. He'd want me to come sing on the radio. Because they always had someone sing on the radio when Mona Fay played the organ and... You know, and then he would give it, give it, and then you would sing one more time, and then it's only 15 minutes long. But this was always one of the songs I sang uh, because he he loved it so much. I think uh, I don't know why, but I chose that song, and and he wanted me to sing it every time I sing on the radio. So I was hoping that he wouldn't pick me very often because all the people think that's the only song I know is Footprints of Jesus. So uh, let's sing Footprints of Jesus. Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling lead us to thee. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus Where'er they go, though they lead o'er the cold, dark mountains, seeking his sheep, or along by Siloam's fountains, helping the weak, footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where'er they go. If they lead through the temple, preaching the word, or in homes of the poor and lowly, serving the Lord. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where'er they go. Then at last when on high He sees us our journey done. We will rest where the steps of Jesus end at His throne. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where'er they go. You may be seated. I appreciate the singing tonight. Does anybody have a prayer request tonight that we can write down and uh, that we... I always kept a, a list in my Bible of people that always ask uh, for prayer for folks. That's the only way I can remember. Because I can 
I just couldn't remember. So it's best just to write it down. And then that way I, I pray for people. And I may not even know them. But you know the thing is, uh, we need to seek the Lord at all times. And, uh, and pray for His people. Because again, we are to bear one another's burdens. Um, when someone's having a hard time or sick or going through some things that uh, the church needs to lift them up. And as we lift them up, uh, it helps us. You know, the thing is, is uh, I've, I've learned in the, in the years a different way to pray. Always pray and thank God for who He is and what He's done. And then you pray for others first and always make yourself last. Because again, He hears our prayers. And as we show Him that we are concerned about other people, because it's, what's the Bible say? That we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. So I'm going to save myself for last, Lord, because I know that You want what's best for me. And I'll send my petitions last after I... I cover the list of the people that I have to pray for because I just feel that's more important than, than, than my needs. And uh, I think God will bless that if you just kind of remember that the next time you pray. Thank God for who he is. Because, again, in the, in the, in the Bible where it talks about the, uh, the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Of course, it wasn't the Lord's Prayer. He says, teach us how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. You know, I mean, again, we are to give God the glory first. Give Him the glory and the adoration for who He is. It's a, it's a great thing. And He is a great God. I mean, we, we have seen in, in, in our lifetime, and in the lifetimes even before ours, we see, um, we see these, these gods come out. And some of them we've never even heard of. But we know who the true one God is. And He is the master of the universe. He had a plan for us before the world was even formed. Can you imagine? And I'm going to get into my sermon here. I really don't want to. But can you imagine knowing that God knew who you were before the foundations of the world? He knew your name. He knew who your mom and your daddy were going to be. He knew what your name was going to be and what your name was going to be. He knew you. And that's why He sent His Son to die on the cross because He loved you and He cares for you and He wants you to spend eternity with Him in heaven. I mean, a great God that we serve. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad that I can do that. Um, and so, like I said... Uh, Let's remember to pray for folks that are hurting. Uh, this winter, uh, I picked up some clothes and some shoes from uh, Mrs. Pettibone. Uh, I worked with a lot of homeless people this winter. Uh, again, a, a terrible scene in, in the city of Festus, Crystal City, uh, Peavely, Herky. Uh, you just would not believe the people that are out on the street, living on the street, behind, basically behind Walmart. They, they live behind Walmart on the tracks. And... Uh, uh, the first person I met was a, a man and his wife and a, and a 10-year-old boy that had been evicted from their house and sleeping in a tent this winter. And so, uh, man, I tell you, you, you want to be knocked down a couple notches for what you have and then be reminded of what you do with it, what you do with what you have. Because, again, 
I think we throw more food away as a, an American family than what we eat because we buy it and it just we, we don't eat it all. We throw it away. So I have made it a point to, again, since I'm not pastoring a church, I'm, not, I'm really not even active in a church. I have, we have a church at my house, so I've been having people to the house. So I have maybe 10, 12 people on Sunday come to the house. It's very laid back. And, uh, but the thing is, I don't take an offering. We're not a, we're not a, we're not a church per se, you know. And I said, but the, the best thing I could, I could tell you today is that go out and do the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's just not for preachers. It's for everybody. It's a commandment. Go into all the world. And the thing is, we think foreign missions when it's going to all the world. No, it's not. It's going into town. It's going to here in Festus or Hillsboro or Herculaneum or Crystal City. And we need to live a life and an example of the people that are out there. So when you come, and, and again, we don't take a, an offering, and the Lord says to give of a 10% of, of your money, but that's in the Old Testament. We're to give whatever we, he lays on our heart uh, to give. That could be more than 10%. And he, he also wants your time. You know, a lot of people think, well, I can just give money and I'll be all right. But he also wants your time. And that time is to, is to witness to other people. But again, I tell them, I said, do something for me today. <laughs> Head towards Walmart. And just look and watch. And if you can help somebody today, help somebody today. Again, well, they're always out there. Yes, they are. You know what? And, but the Lord knows. And he wants us to help them. You know, I, I've, I've put my arm around many of them and said, look. I love you. I'm so I'm sorry for this position that you're in. I can't take you and, and put you in housing because I don't have that. I said, but I can offer you Christ. And as I offer that to you, it said his seed will not be found begging bread. And I can tell you, if you accept Christ today, it may not turn your life all the way completely where you think you're going to be rich or all your troubles will be gone, but you will not be begging for bread because the Bible promises it. So today, can I tell you, if you see somebody in a, in a position that you can help them, please help them. Because like I said, we're now in the summer, uh, you won't probably see as much of them as you do in the winter because they're, uh, they kind of blend in. In the winter, you can tell because they're outside and they're, they've got three or four layers on and they've got hats on and they're, they're, just, they're just freezing. I, I don't know how they do it. I really don't. It, it, it broke my heart. But like I said, I didn't, I didn't have a place I could take them. And I wish I did. I wish I had a big building somewhere where I could have them all come on in. But, you know, uh, the, the Lord knows their plight uh, because he said, the poor will always be with us. But we're supposed to witness to them. We're supposed to love them and show them Christ. And I'm glad I've been able to do that. So, uh, anyways, I guess it's going to be a short night tonight because we, we sang some three songs and now we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and get into my message. And, uh, but uh, I hope you'll bear with me because, again, I can, I can get to rambling sometime. But serving the Lord and reading my Bible and listening to the Holy Spirit, there's so many things that go through my head, uh, so many things that I want to say that I want to make a point of. And the Lord, He knows I need to stay on track. You know, but it's very, it's very hard for me because, again, it, 
his word and his thoughts and the things that he has showed me, um, they all just get up there and they just they start running wild on me. I mean, they're just they're just crazy because, again, we serve an awesome, an awesome God. And when we realize what who God is, all I want to do is talk about him, you know, and and try to explain to you how I feel. Because if you felt how I feel, I'm like, man, you're you're on track, you know, because, again, uh, you you may feel that way. I just don't know. But I'm going to tell you all the things that I know and, and, and how I feel that God has blessed me and showed me his will for my life. Because, again, uh, I think sometimes as we walk the Christian life, because, I, brother, I've known a lot of Christian people. I grew up in a big church. There's a lot of people. I've watched it dwindle to half of nothing. But I grew up in a church that was an exciting church to be, a church that was a loving church, a, love, a church that was a caring church, a church that knew how to reach out and see people come to Jesus. And somewhere along the way, we've gotten away from that. And I don't, I don't know, again, there'll be a great falling away. But we, we don't have to. We can allow the other folks to fall away, but we don't need to fall away. You know, that's true. Because we can watch other folks fall away, and, and, and it hurts our hearts. But we need to stay faithful to what God has for us. And don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jews first and also to the Greek. But don't be ashamed of it. There's nothing, mostly in today's society, there is nothing to be ashamed of. If anybody should be shamed, it's what's going on today in the world. It's not us. They want us to think that we have the problem. We do not have the problem. They have the problem. And again, we're not allowed to say it. We're not allowed to speak it. We're not allowed to think it. Either that or we're, we're bigoted or whatever. And we are not. We love God and we, we, we are doing things according to His Word. And as we live by God's Word, then we have to preach God's Word. And we're not being hateful. We're not being facetious. We're not being anything. We're trying to show love. We're trying to show you that, hey, God has a plan for your life. And you, again, I'm not perfect. Not even close. I, you know, again, I think some people think that we don't sin. But that's not true. It's not true at all. Uh, Paul said, I'm the, I'm the chief of sinners. You know, I'm right there with him. You know, I mean, uh, I want to live as close to Christ as I can get, but I'm still the chiefest of sinners. It doesn't matter how well that I can do, because I can't do anything in my own strength. I can't do anything for God in my own strength. I have to do it with Him. And as long as I stay connected with Him, I can do what He asked me to do. So turn in your Bibles tonight to uh, Mark and chapter 1. And starting in verse 1. And uh, I just want to look at about five things tonight. You know, uh, we talk about uh, WWJD. Everybody remembers that. What would Jesus do? Well, can I tell you, it's not what would Jesus do. It's what did Jesus do. Or what did he do. Not what would he do, but what did he do. And he did a lot of things. And you know, Jesus didn't... The greatest thing that Jesus did, of course, was come to this earth. And died on the cross for our sins. But he also gave us a pattern to live by. 
It wasn't some just random thing that, uh, well, Jesus never sinned. And he was perfect. And he got, he got, um, he was misunderstood. And, uh, you know, the, the Romans, they wanted to kill him. You know, I mean, he, he was a lot more than the Savior. He was a great teacher. And that's where they get confused with a, a great prophet and the Son of God. Because he was both. He was a great teacher and he was the Son of God. Because he had everything that his Father gave him. Can I tell you that Jesus, until he got on the donkey and rode into Jerusalem, never elevated himself. He never did. He always elevated the Father. He always pointed back to the Father. Until, again, he was on the donkey riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And the people gathered. And they hollered. And the Pharisees said, hey, rebuke your people for what they're saying. Hosanna to the highest, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He said, if I was to rebuke them, the rocks would cry out. And that was the first time he really said that he was who he said he was. Because he always, they always ask him, who do you say you are? Well, who do you say I am? Again, he, it was a question with a question. He knew who he was. His followers knew who he was. But when the world asked him who he was, he said, well, who do you say that I am? Because they've heard. They've heard. They've, they've seen. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the work that he does. Well, who do you say that I am? And that's the question tonight. Who do you, who do you say that Jesus is? He is the Son of God. He is on the same plane with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. Don't ask me to explain it. I can't do it, and I don't know any preacher that can. But can I tell you that he came to this earth perfect. He was tempted like we are. He walked just like we did. There was nothing that he did not encounter that we encounter every day yet without sin. So, let's read Mark. And I like this first part having to do with John the Baptist. <clears throat> when, uh, when Mary was expecting Jesus and uh, Elizabeth, who was John the Baptist's mother, when they met before Jesus was born, uh, Mary went to see her. And when the salutation was given that Mary was in the house, John the Baptist jumped in his mother's womb because he knew that Christ was right next to him. Man, isn't that, isn't that amazing? I mean, that's amazing to, to, for John the Baptist to, to, to jump in his mother's womb knowing that the Christ was right next to him. So I love this part here. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they, and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. 
And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized with John and Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan as was with the wild beast and the angels ministered unto him. Now, after that, John was put into prison. Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw uh, Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishers. And I'm going to get to that real quick here. But the first thing I want you to see is, again, we talked a little bit about uh, Christ. Uh, being ready to be born and, and, and John the Baptist. Because again, people were confusing John the Baptist with Christ. And he was not. And he told him he was not. He said there will be one greater than I. And he already knew it because he had already met the Savior. He knew him because they, he met him in the womb. They, they knew each other. All right, And he was destined to be the one that was going to be the forerunner of Christ to tell him that he was coming. Because again, we're coming out of the Old Testament. Where they were living by the law. So John is now a baptizer. What, well, what, what is he baptizing people for? You know, they weren't baptized in the Old Testament. Why are they baptizing now? Because the Son of God is going to be the Savior. If you believe on Him, because He's here, then you forgive your sin. He can forgive you of your sin. And you need to be baptized. So we get to... Uh, Verse 9, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth, Galilee, and to be baptized of John in the Jordan. Why did Jesus need to be baptized? You ever think about that? Why did Jesus need to be baptized? Because he was going to identify with his Father. And that's why we get baptized. Because after we're saved, we're identifying with Jesus Christ. The death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is going to lay a pattern for us through these verses of what our walk should consist of. And that's why he was such a great teacher. Because he wasn't only living it, he was telling us how to live it and showing us how to live it. So, uh, and straightway coming out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Why did Jesus need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because there is no work done if there's no Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the work. Jesus did the, did the job of dying on the cross. The Holy Spirit now, after the death of Christ, lives in you. And as He lives in you, He is doing the work. He is doing the work of, for a better word, your conscience. But it's not really your conscience. It's the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is directing you and guiding you and telling you, hey, you need to go back this way. Hey, you need to walk this path. You need to stay away from this. You, you know better than that. You know, the Holy Spirit groans utterings that cannot be known to Jesus for you and I. Because the Holy Spirit knows what's around the corner for us. We don't. God sees us from beginning to end. There's nothing that God does not know. You know, we can go back to the Old Testament when at Noah and the 120 years it took him to build the ark. And God said, I, I wish I never made man. 
But you know what? He found Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he saved his family. And they started all over. But again, God God knew that. God knew that was going to happen. There are no mistakes with God. None. He knows everything. And I know that's sometimes it's hard for my mind to comprehend. Because he does, he knows everything. He knows everything about it. We're not, you can't hide anything from him. Adam and Eve tried to hide from him. They can't, couldn't hide from him. He knew. David tried to hide from him. God knew. I try to hide things from him. And I know I can't. I try, but it don't do any good. Because he's gonna, the Holy Spirit's going to remind me. And I'm going to confess that sin. And you need to confess the sin. You know, again, God said, when, when Jesus died on the cross for you, He forgave your sins, past, present, and future. But you still need to ask God for those forgiveness of those future sins. When you sin, you need to ask forgiveness. It has nothing to do with your salvation. It has everything to do with your walk with Him. When you walk with God, you want to be in that constant relationship with Him because that's the best place that you can be. Because without Him, you're floundering in life. And there's a lot of Christians today that are floundering. They're having... And can I tell you that trials and troubles will come. You're never going to get away from them. You won't. Because we live in a sinful world. We live in a sinful body. And you will not get away from trials and tribulations. You will not. But through God, those trials and tribulations are lighter. Let me bear your burdens, brother. My, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Put them on me. Put them on me and let me carry them for you. And as you walk with Him, the easier it gets. Again, that corner that we're getting ready to turn, that we don't know what's around it, the Holy Spirit knows. And He's giving intercession to, to, to Jesus. And Jesus is in turn intercessing to God for your protection for your help and what you need. So, Christ was Jesus was baptized, he was filled with the Holy Ghost because guess what? He's getting ready to do some mighty work. He's getting ready to do some mighty work. He is getting ready to heal people. He is getting ready to raise people from the dead. He is getting ready to call people to him. And that's what we're going to see here. So then, um, as soon as he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he didn't have time, and Satan took him to the desert and tempted him. How many times were we tempted by? And I tell you what, there was an old old boy back in the day, Flip Wilson. You know, the devil made me do it. I'm sure everybody's heard that phrase. You know, the devil made me do it. Can I tell you, the devil doesn't really make you do a whole lot. <laughs> this this flesh. You do it because you're in the flesh. You've got a sinful nature, and the flesh makes you do it. You can blame it on Satan because, again, you have a, you have a choice, and a, a free choice at that. So when you make those choices, it's really not the devil. But can I tell you that uh, when you're trying to live for Christ and you're trying to walk with him, yes, the devil does put those stumbling blocks in your way. You know, it's, it's so great to know, again, that we can accept Jesus as our personal Savior, a man that never sinned. Can you imagine 
Well, he didn't live in the world we live in. Yes, he did. <laughs> Can I tell you, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of rottenness going on in this world right now. But it's it's back behind. It ain't behind a curtain no more. They ripped the curtain open. And you see it all. But back then, it, was, it may have been behind the curtain. But can I tell you that we have a Savior that never sinned. He never looked the wrong way. He never did anything in anger in a way of losing his temper. Yes, he turned the tables over in the temple because you treat my father's house like a den of thieves. You know, I mean, he, he, he did some things that people say, well, he got mad. Well, no, he wasn't. He, he wasn't mad. He was angry. And... Can I tell you that he was angry and he feels sorrow. He cries. He weeps because of people and the way they're living and not accepting him. Of course, he looked out over Jerusalem and wept because he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to withdraw. They were going to kill him. And they were going to have to pay the price for that. Where are they at today? <laughs> they're, still, they're still three walled in with, a, with, a, with the ocean to their back. And they've always got somebody on them. Because again, they've rejected Christ. But again, God is not done with them yet. They are His chosen people. And He is not done with them. And He will sit on, Jesus will sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem at the second coming of Christ. And we'll see 144,000 Jews come to know Christ as Savior. So no, He's not done with them. Because they are His chosen people. But it's a, it's a, but he wept over them because he knew what was coming, because they rejected him. But uh, anyways, he was tempted uh, by the greatest tempter of all, Satan. Satan himself took him up on the, on the mount and told him, everything you see, I give you. Man, what a, and, and again, in the flesh, God in the flesh, but a man. I can't help but thinking, how, how, can he, how could he even be tempted? Because he knows already who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My, my, my God and Father owns everything. You know, you can't give me nothing that, that ain't yours to give. You know, because Satan, Satan can't give you anything. Do you know that? He can't give you anything. These people out here today, Satanists and people that worship him and, or whatever they are, he, he can't give them anything. They think because they get a little money or they get a little power, these, some of these... Music people, you know, they've sold their soul to the devil. You know, they're on top of the charts. Big deal. Big deal. You know, God and Jesus Christ himself can give you eternal life. That's better than anything. Because, again, this life ain't going to last. Only what's done for Christ will last. Life is but a vapor to appear for a little while and vanish away. I can guarantee you that. I just put my dad in the grave in December. My mother three months later. But you know what? It was one of the best months that I got to sit with my folks and know without a shadow of a doubt that when they drew their last breath, they were with their Father in heaven. They were in the presence of God Almighty. And there ain't nothing feels better than that. That's worth all the weight, all the gold, everything. Because it gives peace to me to know that they are in the presence of their Savior. The one that died for them. The one that they served. Again, they, my mother and father were very good servants of Jesus Christ. And they weren't serving Christ for a reward. 
They were serving him because they loved him. And they, and they knew that he loved them. And they followed him. My parents were not rich people, but my parents loved the Lord. And again, received, they, they, they didn't beg for bread. They, they had a good life. And they, my dad was 86 and my mom was 82. And they gave, my mother had dementia. And I'm sitting on the couch talking to her. But not really talking because it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And just out of the blue, clear as, as day, she looks at me and she says, I'm not afraid to die. Now where does that come from? <laughs> just out of her head and all of a sudden, I'm not afraid to die. That gives me comfort. That gives me peace. Because I know that she knows where she's going. She's ready. And within two months, she's, she's gone. Man, what, 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 a, what a fantastic thing to leave your kids or your family or your, your loved ones to know that when you leave this place, you are going to God the Father and you're going to be in His presence and serve Him for eternity. That blows my mind. I mean, when I think of eternity, my mind is just blown because I can't keep up. I'm lucky I can keep up with what, what tomorrow brings. You know, I can't imagine what eternity is going to be like. I just, I just can't do it. So anyways, he was tempted. And, uh, but can I tell you, Satan could not give you anything. But you know what he's going to get? He's going to get hellfire. He's going to get hellfire. Him and his demons and the, and the, and the beast. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. And uh, he's out to take as many people as he can with him. And you know what? He's doing a pretty doggone good job every day. And where does that leave us? That leaves us to do exactly what Jesus is telling us to do. And the next one is that uh, in uh, the number number four is that uh, he uh, he ministered to people, and that's what I tell you about. He went out, and Jesus ministered to folks. Uh, the woman at the well, Lazarus, the blind man, blind Bartimaeus, he ministered. He loved people. Uh, the woman with the with the afflictions that touched, that touched him, and him and a group of people, a ton of people. And he says, "Somebody touched me." Well, of course, you know we're at like the ball game. You know everybody's touching. Yeah, but I felt that that power come out of me because someone had faith. Someone had faith in him. To heal them. And he felt it. And uh, that's where we have to live. We have to live in the faith. But he ministered. He was a loving, caring, compassionate man. God. Loving, compassionate, and understanding. See, that's where we get, that's where we get lost today. Understanding. There's a lot, of pre- a lot of preachers stand here and preach. And they got a good message. But I'm afraid they don't understand. They don't understand you. They don't understand you. And they don't understand you. And I don't think it's their fault. I, I Believe me, I haven't done this all my life. I've not, I've not preached all my life. I, I worked at Chrysler for 31 years. I know what a man goes through that goes to work every day. Here's the things they have to hear. Sees the things they have to see. And walk the walk they have to walk to get home to a wife that loves them and cares about them and their children. Because I did that. And it's very hard. 
to do because we're in the world. We're not to be it, of it, but we're, we got to live in it. And I think a lot of times preachers forget that it's hard for a man to go out and work and toil and listen to what the world is offering. And he needs to be loving and compassionate and understanding and caring about his people. Because if, he does, if he's not loving, compassionate, and caring, what is he? He's just preaching. You know, he, he's telling you that God loves you, but what, what about him? I'm not down on preachers tonight, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, I've been in those churches where I hear the Bible somewhat being preached by a man that is disconnected. You know, he really is not understanding his, his people. And he is real happy around his people. He's smiling at his people, but does he really love his people? Because if he really loved his people, he'd tell them the truth. And there's a lot of churches that ain't telling you the truth. Because the thing is, you need to be told, and I need to be told, and everybody needs to be told, that you are a sinner. You are wicked from the inside out. Even after you accept Christ, He tells you, if you forgive your sin and, and, and your wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive your sin and will heal your land. So yes, He's talking to His people. You have a wicked heart. But again, He's given us the, the, the map to walk with Him as close as we can to keep that wickedness down. Because again, we, we won't be perfect until we reach the other side. But one day we will be. And that's, that's, that's just as exciting as I'm ready to go. I'll just be honest with you. I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I'm tired. My back hurts. My stomach hurts. Uh, I got diabetes. I'm tired of sticking myself with a needle. You know, I got a headache. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just tired. But you know what? That's the, that's the body I live in. But I look for Him for strength. And that's the only, only way I can find my strength is through Him. Again, I'm at a cross point. I'm at a crossroads. I need you to pray for me. I'm at a crossroads. I'm trying to follow what Christ has for me. I know He's called me to preach. I know He wants me to do uh, to, to preach and, and, and to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But right now, there's not a clear path. So what I do is I just I get up every day and I try to find someone, someone to talk to about Christ. Because if I don't, I feel lost. Have you ever felt lost? Like, what? I need to do something. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm called to do something. I need to do something. I feel lost. And we should all feel lost when we're not doing it. So pray for me that God will guide me in the right direction. That I won't get discouraged. Because, again, discouragement comes. Because, again, you know, of everything that's going on in my life, uh, in, in my preaching life so far, has not really been that great. You know, but I've learned a lot of lessons. Believe me, God has showed me a lot of things that uh, that I've learned, and I know each lesson is leading me closer to understanding and loving and caring about people. And I and I, and I thank the Lord for that. So, uh, anyways, and when He was tempted, let's say I, Revelation twenty ten, because uh, I wanted you to read that real quick, because again, uh, Satan has nothing, nothing, nothing to offer us, and. Chapter 20 and verse 10, it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, 
where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Again, the only thing Satan can offer you is hell. Because there's nothing here on earth that is worth hell. But people don't, people just don't, can't see that. They can't see it because they think the, the, the worldly riches and the goods that we have here are all there are. But it's not. And the thing is, is uh, my daughter knows this guy, and I haven't, I've never met him yet. She's, she's known him for about five months. She's been talking to him, you know, how they call that conversating or whatever. And um, she, won't, she won't bring him around because he's heard I'm a preacher and he doesn't believe in God. And uh, I said, well, I said, because my wife asked me, she said, you ever seen this guy? I said, nope. I said, I see him when he pulls up, but he's got four tinted windows and I can't, I can't see him in behind the tinted windows. I, my daughter's 32, so it's not like I'm sending a 16-year-old old off with somebody, but she's 32 and she lives with me and her, and her daughter. But no, I haven't met the guy. I like to, because can I, cause can I tell you? I talked to her last friend that she brought around. This is about four or five years ago. I talked to her last friend she brought around. You know, tattoos. You know, the whole thing. And uh, he's he was uh, he's half Japanese, and uh, you know he's got he had a bar. He used to have a bar in St. Louis called the the Little Buddha. You know, because of, of his Japanese heritage. And so I got to talk to him. Well, he didn't believe in God either. But can I tell you that I prayed for that boy? And he wasn't a boy; he's a man. I prayed for him, and we talked, and and I never judged him. You know, and, and sometimes that's hard to do. I never judged him. I sit there and I talked to him, and uh, we'd have good discussions. And mm-hmm. I actually invited him to church. And uh, my daughter is probably one of the, and she knows better. She's probably one of the biggest stumbling blocks there ever was. Because she'll say, oh, I don't want to go. And so that keeps him from wanting to go. So he said, yeah, 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 we'll come, we'll come. So we're sitting in church. And, uh, I mean, the Lord's really working on my heart, you know, mostly over this young man. And at, a time, at a time in our life, I was really, I was really, 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 really interconnected with, with the Holy Spirit and, and, and his moving and and. I went forward and I, and I prayed during the invitation and I felt my wife come up next to me. You know, and I'm in tears for this man, you know, because he needs Christ. He says he doesn't believe in you, Lord. I said, you need to, you need to show him today. And I believe he must have because next thing I know, I feel my daughter in between us. Now, my, that, that's unusual for my daughter to come forward in church. And the next thing I know, I hear him asking the Lord into his heart to save him at 45 years old and tattooed up like a... <laughs> you know, but and he got baptized that same day, and uh, I got a chance to disciple him somewhat. But because of her reluctance, you know, he's going on a different direction. He's still going to church, he tells me, but again, not someplace that I would send him or would like him to go. But he is going. Uh, but can I tell you that uh, the preacher that morning come to me afterwards? He says I've never seen anything like that. He said. You came down and prayed. Your wife was next to you. And I saw your daughter move. And I thought, he said, and then all of a sudden he steps out. And he got halfway down that aisle. And he went to his knees. And he crawled to the altar and asked Christ to come into his heart. 
Humble yourselves, man. I mean, and that's what he did. He humbled himself. He humbled himself before the Lord. And the Lord heard his cry and he saved him. And uh, basically Psalms 34 and delivered him from all his fears. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to fear hell anymore. You know, he's on he's on his way to heaven. Again, I wish I'd, I had more time with him. He, he's married to somebody else now and he's uh, he's doing his thing. But man, I tell you, it was a it was a tremendous day that uh, that he accepted Christ. And Again, all because you loved somebody and you cared about somebody and you were understanding. You weren't judgmental. You just said, hey, here he is. Love him. And that's what you do. So anyways, uh, so then number four, uh, I already said that he ministered. And number five is that you make disciples. And that's going to be, let me turn back and mark. And that's going to be um, in verse 16. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. And they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were also in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Now, I like to think that Jesus didn't know these men. It never said that they had met. You know, Jesus had just come in, into town. It never said they would met, but he knew, he knew them, didn't he? He knew who they were. He called them by name. He said, hey, follow me. And that's what God is asking. And that's what Jesus Christ is asking of you today. Come, follow me. Don't seek after the world. Don't seek after what the world can give you. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we're so thankful tonight for your word. Lord, we're so thankful that you have taught us, Lord, how to walk. And, and Lord, the, the, the things that you have done to show us, Lord, what we should do and how we should act. And, Lord, how we should go about our our daily walk with you. And Lord, I pray that we'll take these five things, Lord, and, and, uh, and study them and, and concentrate on them, Lord, that we'll, when we are walking and doing what you would have us to do, Lord, that we would be ministers, Lord, that we would make disciples, Lord, that you'll have people come into our path, Lord, that we uh, could talk to, Lord, and, and tell them how great you are and, Lord, what you did for them. And basically, Lord, what you've done for us, show them, Lord, and tell them that you are a great God and that you are the Savior of the world. And the only way to heaven is through you. Lord, I thank you for these folks that were here tonight, Lord. I pray that you'll use them mightily in the next few days and in the coming years, Lord, to, uh, to walk with you, to uh, follow you, Lord, and, uh, and to praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for coming. We won't have any kind of uh, invitation or anything, but uh, I appreciate your attention. And uh, again, hope Brother Greg has a safe trip back. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here tonight. Appreciate it.